The Jets' defense continues to frustrate Josh Allen, and the Bills blew a 10-point halftime lead to fall to the Jets in Week 1. Let's talk about it today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, the Buffalo Bills fell in week one, 23 to 16 to the New York Jets. A very disappointing start to the season. And so I want to have a conversation with you about that game, my immediate reaction to the football game. And the way that I like to do these immediate reaction podcasts is I like to talk about the things that I like from the game and the things that I didn't like from the game and then talk about what's next. And so let's do that. And I want to start this conversation with Josh Allen. And I know that he doesn't necessarily fall under the things I liked bucket but I think it's the first thing that we have to talk about. Josh Allen said after the game, quote, I'm the reason we lost today. Yep, you sure are, Josh. And Josh Allen's going to face a lot of criticism coming out of this loss, and he deserves every bit of it. He has to be better. We talked a lot last week about how this Jets defense has frustrated Josh Allen and the Bills offense. And I talked about the comparison of offensive output against the Jets compared to the other 14 teams they played last year. And those differences were huge. And that narrative is not going away anytime soon. In fact, it is strengthening in favor of the Jets. Josh played bad. In a defensive struggle, he turned the ball over four times. In a game where Aaron Rodgers is gone after four plays, Zach Wilson steps into the starting quarterback role for the New York Jets. And Josh Allen fell right into the Jets game script. Now, is it all on Josh Allen? No, but a lot of this is on Josh Allen. The first interception, you can live with it, right? Third down and long, you kind of say it's an arm punt and you move on. But the next three, inexcusable. The second interception was the forced throw down the middle of the field, chasing a big big play down the middle of the field to Stephon Diggs, who was double covered. The third interception, he forced the ball to Gabe Davis. 
Had Stefan Diggs wide open in the middle of the field on that play. For whatever reason, he tried to force one in there to Gabe Davis, who did not have leverage, who was not open. And then the third was the fumble, or the fourth was the fumble. Took his eyes off the snap, a perfectly good shotgun snap. Gets the ball back. Tries to run it and then fumbles it. Led to the go-ahead field goal for the Jets there. Josh Allen and this Bills offense fell right into the Jets script. They dare you to stay patient, and the Bills didn't. They had some good moments of it. I think they had a good game plan for staying patient. But when they tried to set up their shot plays or when Josh Allen chased those big plays, things unraveled. Josh Allen has to be willing to take profits against defenses that are going to stay in two high safety shelves and quarters coverage where there's nowhere to slot the football. He can't force it. He has to take profits. And what bothers me the most is that we are regressing in this conversation. I feel like Josh really kind of hit his stride there during the 2021 season. And even at times in 2022, I would say about halfway through last year, this conversation shifted and it's not getting better. And so he's got to do some soul searching about taking care of the football because the statistic that is most correlative to winning and losing in the NFL is turnovers. And this dude's turning over the football way too much. Also, his decision-making as a runner has to be better. Josh Allen's still an elite NFL quarterback. He's a great player, and the Bills need him. But he these hits that he's taking are unacceptable. And I know that he wants to put the highlight out there, Monday Night Football, everybody's watching. But, dude, you're like six yards away from the first time. You don't have to be, like, jumping and going crazy for it. Even the one time he ran for a first down, and instead of just going out of bounds like anybody in the world should do, he has to stay in bounds and take hits. I mean, just all-around decision-making errors for Josh Allen in this football game, and it killed the Bills' chances of winning. And he had a couple of opportunities to win the game, and he didn't do it. And we would have certainly had some conversations about decision-making and turnovers, but it would have been different. would have felt really different. Josh Allen played bad ball. He played bad ball on Monday Night Football, and he's got to get it fixed, and he's got to really have some self-reflection here because, like I said, this conversation is regressing and it's going somewhere that's concerning. Not going to sugarcoat it. He's got to be better. For this team to go where they need to get, or to to reach their capability, it's got to come back on Josh Allen playing better football, taking care of the ball, and allowing his team to have a chance. He allowed the Jets to stay in the game. He allowed the Jets to get the points necessary to win the game. So there's the Josh Allen rant at the top of this podcast. I felt like there was no other place that we had to start the conversation than the com- the performance that Josh Allen had. I want to get into a few things that I liked. How about Stefan Diggs? That guy can sleep well tonight. 10 catches, 102 yards, touchdown on 13 targets. In fact, shifting quickly to things I didn't like, when the Bills offense was in a lull there, 
coming out of the first half, third quarter, into the fourth quarter. They they were really struggling offensively. They got away from going to Stephon Diggs. I mean, come on, why? You're in a lull. Get the ball to your best player. Still had 10 catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. Steph Diggs, you did your thing tonight. I thought Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox were very good for this offense, coming down with seven receptions on eight targets. Not a ton of yards combined, 26 for Kincaid, 25 for Dawson Knox, but you could see the ability that they have in this offense, some good yards after catch for both players. Dalton Kincaid, the moment is never too big for that guy. Catches it, turns, runs, cranks out yards. They showed a baseline and level of ability here that it's exciting to me, and I'm excited to see how they evolve as the season goes along. Let's leave it right there for this first segment. I want to talk Josh Allen, a couple of things that I liked on offense, and in just a moment we'll talk about a few things that I liked on defense and, of course, all the rest of the things that I didn't like. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. They got some great deals that you need to know about over at FanDuel. Get ready for this season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. This is a phenomenal deal. You got to check it out. Now is the best time. To join FanDuel, the app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the spreads to player props and more. Plus, you get 100 bucks off NFL Sunday ticket and $200 in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. Again, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, I've got some more things that I actually liked in this game before we get into a uh, bunch of stuff that I didn't like. I like the pass rush in this football game. Thought it was very effective. 27 dropbacks for the Jets, three sacks, eight quarterback hits for the Bills. So on 11 of 27 dropbacks, you either hit the quarterback or sack the quarterback. That is pass rush production that we can absolutely live with, and that doesn't even count for pressures. That's a good job. Leonard Floyd, I thought he had a great Debut for the Bills, one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits. He was active all game long. Jordan Phillips' sack was beautiful. I couldn't believe he was able to get Zach Wilson down, showing good athleticism and effort on that sack. Ed Oliver had a half a sack to go with three of the Bills' eight quarterback hits. I thought Ed was very active in this football game. Also had a tackle for loss against the run. Greg Rousseau, you could feel his presence. The, the box score is not going to impress you with Greg Rousseau. That dude defended the run, and he was an impact pass rusher as well. I get very excited about what this pass rush looks like when Von Miller's back to go with Leonard Floyd, to go with Greg Rousseau, to go with Ed Oliver, to go with Jordan Phillips. It's a nice group. Defensively, how about Matt Milano? He had a great game. Eight tackles, tackle for loss, pass breakup, quarterback hit, and, of course, an interception. That tackle for loss, man, that dude, that's how you fill Backside fill, it was incredible. Of course, some good physical physical hits throughout the game from Matt Milano. I thought the pass defense in this game for the Bills was outstanding. Jets quarterbacks, and I know, look, I know it's Zach Wilson. 14 of 22, 
and 117 yards given up through the air by the Bills. That That's a winning recipe. I thought Trey White was really good in coverage. I know he gave up the touchdown reception to Garrett Wilson. That's just a great play by Garrett Wilson. I don't know how Trey could have covered it any better. The guy made a, a crazy good catch. But his coverage reps were outstanding. Had a really good tackle for loss on Garrett Wilson as well. Now, Trey White tackling running backs, that's a different story. Doesn't do that well, and it cost the Bills in a couple of plays. But Christian Benford absolutely held his own in this football game, had a pass breakup, and his effort on that Brees Hall run to track him down was huge. It literally kept four points off the board. The Bills held them to a field goal instead of a touchdown, and that's all due to Christian Benford getting on his horse and tracking down Brees Hall. That was a a really, really good play. And Christian Benford played 100% of the snaps from what I understand. There was no rotation. Dane Jackson didn't get in there. Kyer Elam wasn't active. CB2 is Christian Benford. So far, that looks like the right decision. But I thought the pass defense was collectively very strong in this game. I thought the two the two plays that I, I thought um, the pass coverage was suspect was on a couple of third and longs where Sean McDermott he dialed up some pressure looks, and I don't think it was necessary. Third and long, play zone, rally, and tackle, get off the field. He was able to, he sent, he sent some pressure, and Zach Wilson was able to find answers and convert a couple of third and longs. But all in all, I thought the pass defense was outstanding. And I think Tyler Bass, I mean, three of three on field goals, the 50 yarder to send the game to overtime, that was a little dramatic, but. Went through the pipes, right? Three of three on field goals, one-on-one on on extra points. I mean, I guess a perfect day for Mr. Tyler Bass. And So in reality, there's, there's just not that much to like about this game. The Bills came out. They were flat. I thought they had a good game plan offensively. But again, like I mentioned earlier, once they got out of that, once they, you know, Josh Allen got bored with being patient, Things unraveled. That was a perfectly fine game to win 17 to 10 or something like that. You're not going to go out and win every game 30 to 17, right? You love the Bills to score 30 points every single game, but there's good defenses on the schedule, and you have to be willing to adapt. You can't chase those big plays. And so... I like some of the run game concepts. I liked attacking the flats, some of the quick passing game early on. That was all good. It was a little frustrating because you wanted Josh to rip one and make plays. But the consequence of that against that defense is what you saw. Pretty concerning. Let's get into things I didn't like, and obviously there's a lot to talk about. And I I don't want to get back into the whole Josh Allen conversation. We led with that, but The bottom line, he has a lot to prove. And the reality is, every team that Josh Allen faces moving forward knows to test his patience. Play soft shell defenses, quarters, too high, and see if Josh Allen is willing to be patient. That is what's going to happen moving forward, and we're going to find out. Meanwhile, every fan base that The Bills face are going to have their jokes about Josh Allen turning over the football, and you know what? They're right. And Josh earned that because he's not taking care of the football. And he has to prove otherwise, and he has to sustain sustain that. 
and he's got to work through it, right? There's some there's some mental challenges, some mental hurdles that he's got to work through here. He's got to find that that balance between making dynamic plays and doing what makes him special and also not just giving the ball to the other team and hurting your team's chances to win. Let's move on from Josh Allen. The first down production on offense was terrible. And I thought that really set up some of the issues that the offense had. When you're in second and 10, second and 12, second and 13 all game long, it's tough. I mean, how often were the Bills in second and five, second and six, second and three? They weren't there at all. The first down production was poor. And that made second and third down very, very tough. I thought the overtime sequence on offense was a disaster. You start off with a false start from Spencer Brown. First and 15, you throw incomplete to Dawson Knox. And then a second and 15 draw play? Are you kidding me, Ken Dorsey? Second and 15 draw play against a good defense with speed on the second level? That tackles well? Congrats on the three yards to get to third and 12 so you can throw an incomplete pass, punt the ball, and lose the game. I don't like that. I don't like Josh Allen getting sacked five times, hit nine times. I'll check the tape on that, obviously. We can talk more about why after I do that. I found it interesting. Warren Sharp on Twitter put out an interesting nugget, and I'll read it to you. Josh Allen was pressured on 26% of his dropbacks. That's 10th lowest of any quarterback. So it's not like Josh Allen just faced gobs of pressure. In fact, he he faced below average amounts of pressure. But despite that, he took nine hits. That's the third most of any quarterback this week. And five sacks, that's the fifth most, while being sacked on 11% of his dropbacks, which is also the fifth most. I'm going to study those stats, and we're going to talk about it on the All-22 Review. Why was he pressured? at such a low rate, but also took that many hits, took that many sacks. Was it pocket management again? We'll find out. Run defense, that was an issue. The Jets carried the ball 28 times, 172 yards. Of course, 83 of that coming on one play. 6.1 yards per carry. They gave up a couple of long runs in this game. On the 83-yarder, they were misaligned. That was something I tweeted out. I, I Immediately to the subtext community, I said, look, they were misaligned. Sean McDermott confirmed that after the game. They weren't lined up right. And I think that's the consequence of Terrell Bernard starting at middle linebacker after not having any preseason reps. We talk about the communication piece, and Micah Hyde says, if he's not, if he doesn't have us right, we're all wrong. That's an example of that. They weren't lined up correctly. They were completely outflanked had extra gaps that weren't accounted for. Explosive running back like Brees Hall, he's going to dice you up. Missed tackles were somewhat problematic. I I think that the missed tackles stand out, but I don't know that it was. uh, I've certainly seen the Bills tackle worse. They had some good open field tackles in this game. But Trey White was guilty. Jordan Poyer, I mean, a couple of bad angles and not making some plays in space that he typically does. Some issues there. Don't like that at all. And obviously, I don't like giving up a game-winning punt return in overtime. 
We'll talk about what went wrong there on the All-22 review, but it just didn't feel like there was enough punt coverage near the ball carrier, which is extremely disappointing because of the emphasis that this football team places on special teams. We talk about it all the time. Bills were number one in DVOA in special teams last year. They invest a lot in special teams. And you give up a game-winning punt return for a touchdown in overtime? Disappointing. One thing that I said in the Bleacher Report stream immediately after the game, sometimes with football, whether it's scouting players or talking about a game, the most important thing that you can do is take all of your thoughts, okay, everything that you're thinking about with the game and what went right, what went wrong, and why you got to the result that you did, and boil that down to one sentence. Make it one sentence. And sometimes what that does is it forces you to really laser in on what's most important. And the one sentence elevator pitch that I would have for this football game is this. In a defensive struggle, your quarterback turned it over four times. We could talk about play calling. We could talk about run defense, pass protection, special, whatever you want to talk about. It all pales in comparison to a defensive struggle where your quarterback turned it over four times. Why did the Bills lose the game? The quarterback turned it over four times. Three of them absolutely egregious moments. All right, we're going to talk about what's next for the Bills, what's next for the podcast, the AFC East. We're going to revisit my predictions here in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about prize picks. You got to check them out. Prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America, and it's easily the most exciting way to play DFS. The format, it is awesome. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including the pros, including the Sharks. All you do is you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute, and withdrawals are super quick. Folks, I love to make sure that if I'm going to watch a football game, that I have a prize picks entry because it just makes watching the game that much more fun. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's talk about what's next. Look at my predictions. Talk about the AFC East a little bit. We'll start with my predictions. I had five predictions. I'm always accountable to my predictions. So you can always expect this in the game recaps. My first prediction was the inactives, and I got four out of five correct. So inactive players, Alec Anderson, Tremaine Effetti, Kyer Elam, Kingsley Jonathan. I got those four correct. I had Puna Ford as the fifth one. DeMar Hamlin winds up being the fifth one. So the two biggest questions that I was getting from people in the subtext was Kyer Elam and, and DeMar Hamlin. So my quick thoughts here. Kyer Elam, he's the third CB2. Those guys don't dress on game days unless they're top-tier special teams players. And so I've said it a million times with Kyer Elam. Christian Benford beat him out two years in a row. He's 22 years old. He's a year and a half younger than Dalton Kincaid. The book is not written, but obviously he's not where the Bills wanted him to be when they drafted him in the first round. Now, the silver lining, you got a starter in Christian Benford in the sixth round. And so maybe this is a John McCargo, Kyle Williams situation. 
It's disappointing, but at the same time, I can appreciate the fact that they did find Christian Benford and the fact that this team is clearly telling you that it doesn't matter how you got here. If it's a first-round pick or big free agent dollars, the best players are going to play. And so we'll see how the career evolves of Kyrie Elam, but right now he's not active on game days. He's a healthy scratch. As for DeMar Hamlin, I was a little surprised by this, but I think it just came down to them saying, we don't want to dress five safeties. We'd rather have the fifth defensive tackle than the fifth safety. And maybe there's a part of them that wanted DeMar Hamlin to have his debut at home next week against the Raiders. So we'll see how that all goes. But I go four out of five on projected inactives. My second prediction, I got this one right. Stefan Diggs scores the Bills' first touchdown of the season. That happened. I wasn't expecting that to be the only touchdown scored by the Bills in the game, but here we are. Number three, I said James Cook would lead all backs in yards from scrimmage. That didn't happen. Brees Hall had 147 yards from scrimmage. James Cook had 71. Perhaps if the Bills didn't give up an 83-yard run, that I would have got that correct, but here we are. I predicted 150 rushing yards for the Bills. That didn't happen. They got 97. I <laughs> I don't know what to say there. I, I was I think they wanted to run it a little bit more, but that second series they started to run it, or the, the first series actually they got a, a first down and then they started running the football and it didn't work. And then I think kind of their commitment to it wavered very quickly. You didn't didn't even really see Latavius Murray and Damian Damian Harris run the football is very much a James Cook situation. I think he had 16 touches. See how that projects moving forward if James Cook is going to really be that much of a featured player from the backfield. Maybe it will. I'm not sure, but I thought they'd be able to run the ball a little bit better. And then, of course, I predicted the Bills to win, and that didn't happen. So I I guess uh, a not great start to predictions for me. As for the AFC East, the Jets, we saw them. Were there 1-0? They'll have to... It looks like Aaron Rodgers has an Achilles injury. That'll be a season ender. We'll see what that means. I mean, can Zach Wilson find himself here as the former number two overall pick? Defensively, we know that they're going to be really good. And it's up to that offense. And certainly they got some pieces, right? But they don't have Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see how that all unfolds. The Dolphins are one and oh, they had the big 36 to 34 win over the Chargers. Tua had a billion passing yards. Tyreek Hill had a billion receiving yards. Some questions about their defense, but obviously a great win for Miami. And I think Miami had those. What's interesting about Miami, there's a lot of hype for Miami. They deserve it. Miami did this last year where they had these big, huge, explosive, offensive passing games, but sustaining that is kind of the question. We'll see. I think for them, credit to them, that Chargers defense frustrated them last year, and they were largely credited with putting the blueprint out there for stopping Miami. Well, how does Miami respond in their next opportunity against the Chargers? 36 points, and I mean, how many yards do they have? I'm sure well over 500 yards. Meanwhile, the Bills, the Jets frustrated the Bills defense, and they continue to frustrate the Bills Offense, I don't think I said that right. The Jets' defense frustrates the Bills' offense big time last year. Fast forward to this year, and it seems even worse. Patriots are 0-1. They fell to the Eagles 25-20. to Much tighter game than what was expected. And the Patriots were down two of their starting offensive linemen. And so maybe that team's got a little bit more punch than we thought. But the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs all 0-1. 
It's all out there in front of the Bills. I mean, the Bills, I go back to 2021. They lost that game against Pittsburgh in Buffalo. Week one, team was flat as can be. They they lost to the Jaguars that year. I think the Jaguars won two games all that season. One to the Bills, but they beat the Bills. The Bills got stomped by the Colts that year. They were seven and six at one point. Yet, by the end of the year, most people were saying that the Bills were the best team in the league that should win the Super Bowl, and then 13 seconds happened. So it's one game. There's plenty to be concerned about. But it's about how you respond. It's about where you go from here. Are you going to let this define who you are as a football team? Is Josh Allen just going to turn the ball over like crazy? Are you going to get gashed in the run game? We'll find out. But it doesn't have to define your season. The Bills can still go do everything that we want them to do this year. But they have to respond. What's next for the Bills? Home opener Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, who beat the Denver Broncos 17-16 to on Sunday. What's next for the podcast? Well, Herd Mentality and our All-22 review will be our next couple of episodes. And, of course, Crossover Thursday, we'll have our primer for the Raiders, final thoughts, predictions, all that stuff. You know the drill. Uh, also, I'll be back on Bleacher Report on Wednesday, or excuse me, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, uh, September 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to give you winners and losers from this game. After you know the dust settles a little bit, I'll have winners and losers to share with you on Bleacher Report tomorrow or today, I guess, Tuesday, September 12th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I'm live on WGR uh, 550 um, at 8 a.m. on Wednesday. So plenty of content coming your way for you to check out. Would love for you to, uh, to join me for all of those opportunities if you can. All right, folks, disappointing uh, week one loss. We'll get into the tape. We'll talk more about it. We'll figure out what's going on with this football team and what they need to do to get things on track. Uh, Thank you for joining me. I know that nobody really ever loves to join the podcast after a Bills loss and hear more about it, right? It it stings and nobody really likes it. So I appreciate you guys being here. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I'll catch up with you again real soon.